This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Well, hello. This morning I did a very Los Angeles thing and I took a hike and it was an hour Take and 45 minutes. It was an hour you know 45 I mean? minutes. I hiked up to the Hollywood sign. My legs are like jelly butter, honey. Oh I'm my pass God. Out. Well, good and for you. I know that you needed a little workout because you've been looking a little fat. I'm just back kidding. Back to the iced coffee, honey, because it's warm. I tried to make myself an iced coffee and it's just not the same thing. Anyway, this week. On the episode, we have Chalet with Sharp. What ha- What is in your iced coffee? Uh-oh. It's just grounds at the bottom. It's fine. That's how you um, know it's good. Chalet was amazing. I'm a huge it's fan. such a good we episode. Had a great conversation. And guess what? We had never met her before, literally until the Zoom. And it was like, but. I felt like I was friends with her already. Likewise. And fingers crossed, hope I can be friends with her in the future. Me too. So, a reminder, Ooh, we've already got some applicants. Horn, if you're fucking horny for a dipper, now's your chance. So, send us an email to sloppysecondspot at gmail.com if you are interested in taking part in our Who Wants to Win a Date with Big Dipper show, which is going to be happening on April 16th, live. You froze. Nope, it was you. Oh, my God. That's so embarrassing. She probably thinks I'm poor. <laughs> you want to be like I bought a $2,000 couch I'm not poor I'm not poor um, so yeah send in your send your thing and then we'll send you the outline send us a thing saying I email like sloppysecondspod at gmail.com saying I want to be in the thing and then we'll give you a and Google you form will, you'll get a Google form and no response no words don't expect me to be like hi here it is it's just the form <laughs> Great. Okay, enjoy the episode. Forever. Dog. When first choice is a big old bus, you turn around and boom, you end up with us. Our number is 213-536-9180. Our email is sloppysecondspod at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Are you ready for some sloppy seconds, you stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you daily little fucks, you stupid little fucks? I'm Big Dipper and that's Meatball. And welcome back to Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. Hi, Meatball. Hello. I'm very excited as we've been promoting all week on our uh, social medias. It's been comedy week over at Stitcher and we got featured. I know how wild. Would you consider what we do comedy, though? See, I this goes into a bigger conversation. I want to have this conversation with our guests, but I we talked about it a little on on the Tuesday episode. But I think we're more like presenters. You know, I like to think mm-hmm. of myself as Ryan Seacrest. I and I like to think of myself as Oprah Winfrey. Okay, and you <laughs> and, will be silenced. And you you do, you do think what you do <laughs> is on the same level as Oprah? Is that what you're saying? I think that given the chance to sit down with Lindsay Lohan, I would harass her as Oprah Winfrey did. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so let's bring on our amazing our guest for today. Our extremely special guest. Um, it's we are a both, com- 
What? No, you, you do go. it. You do it. No, you go. No, you do it. No, it's no, your day. No, come on. No, no, no. I already We've screamed. been binging her stand-up all week. We are both huge fans of her. It's comedian Shelley Washarp. Oh, hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi, y'all. <laughs> would, you, would you consider oh. yourself, a, 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 in addition to being a comedian, a presenter? Do you have that um, ability in you? I think so, only because um, I'm not young. And I oh, think... I think... To be a presenter, you have to have uh, like the stink of you've been you've been somewhere before. You know what I mean? <laughs> you've tried everything else, and yeah, this is where done, you landed. You've done it all, and you're just kind of like, and now here are these youngsters doing something. You know what I mean? It's like a go ahead, y'all, just dance for your auntie kind of energy, uh, where you're not tired, you're excited that you came across it, but you're also like, I mean, I can't do it. So here it is. <laughs> You're like, so I used to do all of this I stuff, to, but now yeah. I'm just going to do the intros and the outros. Right, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I'm okay with uh, presenting. I actually, and it comes with just like a whole, you know, in my day, or you whippersnappers don't know about what you know about. Oh boy! I didn't know I'd say it so much, but I do say it a lot. You find <laughs> yourself doing that to young folks? Well, my roommate is uh, is a delightful young man. He's um, considerably younger uh, than me. So there is, I mean, while still being in his 30s, <laughs> considerably younger, if okay. you want to do that math. Okay. Don't, don't do that math. But <laughs> just know that uh, there are a lot of times where I'm just like, yeah, what you know about the... And he's like, I mean, it's on line. <laughs> I could, there's a Wikipedia page for it, right? Google and I'm it. like, yeah, there probably is. I was talking to a friend of mine I forgot how we were a uh, friend of the pod, Donnell. I was talking to Donnell oh, yesterday Donnell. and I forgot how we got to it, but he then sent me a clip of Whoopi Goldberg's talk show from yeah. 1992. And Ooh. she like played the piano. I had never seen that clip before. And the fact that we can access that online and I scrolled through, I'm going to watch the whole thing, but I scrolled through. It includes the vintage commercials. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, Wow. Well, That's speaking, fantastic. Well, I love when people like transition. Like Jason Derulo is now no longer really making music. He's a he TikToker. Tried, he tried his hand at acting, and now he is a TikToker. I'm waiting for him to end up on like The Voice or something. You know oh, what I mean? Sure. Like it seems like a natural progression. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like if The Voice gets to Jason Derulo status, who's watching? Do you know well, what I they mean? Just got, <laughs> they just announced got- today Ariana Grande is now right. a judge on The Voice. So, so I'm like, where is your career <laughs> yeah i don't yeah exactly i was like why yo i thought she was doing okay is she doing yeah. okay can we, can we need <laughs> she probably order? just doesn't want to travel she's like that, you know what i can make a couple million dollars go to the studio every day absolutely oh, i don't true. i don't see her being a, a lifer you know what i mean mm-hmm, i don't see mm-hmm. her being levine i see her just going in for one season and being like well this was cute and then I, not you calling else. Adam Levine a lifer, <laughs> and, I say that, and I say that as being uh, a fan of his for much longer and much more than I care to admit. But mm-hmm. can I, you walk us through that Adam Levine journey? Is I it can. is there something before Maroon Five? Yes, there is. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Yes, there is. And this is why I present, because I have old stories like this in my head. Okay, so when he was in high school, basically all of the, um, all except one of the original lineup of Maroon 5 went to high school together, and they had a band called Kara's Flowers. And they had one, like, uh, minor hit called, like, 
surf disco or soup disco or something like that. But they were like a power, a power pop band. So it was very catchy. And it came out around the same time as Phantom Planet, if that helps people. Um, So it was like 97 or something like that. And uh, it was just catchy. Uh, just little boys dressed in suits pretending to be the Kinks or something, and and <laughs> catchy music. And I really liked it. I worked at a I worked at an indie record store, so that's how I even oh, knew oh. they existed. I was just like, oh, these are cute little boys, and I put it on. I was like, oh, this is catchy little music. And uh, and I saw them play. They were playing as part of some like I don't know what wave ska festival, and I don't uh-huh. know how they even got in there because they didn't do ska. There were no horns or anything. I guess the suits. And um, <laughs> and so I was just like, well, they're pretty good. And so I was just waiting for like a second album and there were just years. And I guess they decided to go to college and that's where they heard rap for the first time. And so they came back and they were like, how do we do a white bread version of this? And then they released songs about Jane, Ooh. which is like a just a masterpiece. Yeah. So and but when I saw, I you know, I heard that first song, Harder to Breathe, and I saw the video, and I was like, well, these look like the little boys that I've been waiting on to put out a second record. What happened to them? <laughs> You're like, what happened to Kara's flowers? flowers? Yeah. And so, yes, like I, I had a Kara's Flowers poster. I was firmly late 20s with a Kara's Flowers poster. Like wow. I knew that was wow. going to be a, yeah. So, yeah, I've liked them for longer than I should have and more than I even care to admit. That's incredible. (laughs) You know, I think we all have artists like that. We all have Mm -hmm. people that we have like Mm -hmm. really. We had a little bit of a conversation about boy bands a while back. And we were both deeply, deeply sort of like tapped into the the Backstreet Boys era. Yeah. uh, Okay. I was was not an in-sinker. I was a Backstreet Boys. Here's my theory about Backstreet Boys music versus in-sync music. Y'all got the right one today. I know. I'm loving this. We were like, we're just going to throw topics out and get takes because that's all we want. (laughs) (laughs) So in-sync. Yes, catchy. Um, yes, of the moment. Uh, yes, went on the splinter and do various things like hosting or dropping in a presenting. giant. Yeah, presenting <laughs> or uh, whatever. Wanting to go to space. All yes. of those things. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the songs are catchy, but they are extremely of the moment. Whereas mm. Backstreet Boys songs sound like music that's in a doctor's waiting room. In that it still hits hard. Mm-hmm. Like if you hear if you hear in sync in like a, a grocery store, you're just like, I remember exactly what I was wearing. They yes. were right. neon green parachute pant type thing. Like you remember exactly what it was. Yeah. Backstreet Boys would flow in and out of an Anita Baker song you don't even know. You know what I mean? Right? Like it's the same <laughs> kind of like just smoothness that came with it. And uh, and I think that makes their music last longer. Like, I think it just has a better shelf life. Battery yeah. Boy music. Their melodies I don't can know. stand the test of time. Absolutely. Anything that sounds at home in a waiting room is <laughs> is definitely going to make it. If, if you're out in public and someone hits you with the tell me why, you know Ain't exactly. You know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my and, gosh. It's and so that's good. if you were born like 
10, 15 years after that song came out. You oh, still yeah. know it. You yes. Know. I'm waiting for their music to get picked up on like, oh God, I keep talking about TikTok. I've been on TikTok <laughs> all day this morning. But like their songs that get picked up because like there's some really classic songs that get grabbed by teenagers and they're like, did you know this song is from 20 years ago? How yeah. crazy. And it's like, yeah. oh God, I'm old. Oh, yeah. That does kind of hurt my heart when I see it. But I'm yeah. like, good for you guys digging through the crates. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Finding an old CD player and whatever. Wait, so how long did you work at the indie music store? When I was in... And was it in New York? Are you uh, a lifelong New Yorker? Or are you no, from... I'm, uh, I was born in New York, and then my family moved when I was like eight. Uh, hmm. from, so I was born in Brooklyn, and then we moved to Atlanta. So I, I am an Atlanta person. And then yeah. I moved back to New York for comedy about, I don't know, like eight years ago or something like that. So... You know, New York's fine. It's fine. Half of my family's here. It's where I was born. You know what I mean? It's the reason why I wasn't sweet enough for the South is because I had too much New York coursing through my veins. Right. But um, but yeah, so my my the bulk of my life is Atlanta. So it was an indie record store in Atlanta. And um, you know, I was already dressing the part, uh, just thrift store dresses, lunchbox purses, all of that stuff in the nineties. So I'm firmly Gen X. Yeah. You know, yeah. There was, a, there was a store in my hometown. Uh, I grew up in Evanston, which is where uh, Northwestern is, just out of Chicago. And there was a, a, a store called Dr. Wax that we used to go to. And it was a few, it was like one or two blocks up from the blockbuster music that moved in because oh, it was wow. like wasn't it blockbuster music before it turned to sam goody or there was some sort of conglomerate but i remember this was a blockbuster music and i was like that's such a weird thing and they yeah, had like, bl- the listening station yeah came in and bought out like a bunch of things in malls so like Sam Goody or if in your malls, if you had a record bar or, mm. a re- you know what I mean? Like we had just- a FYE for your entertainment. Yeah. And oh, they, they wouldn't sell explicit music. So yeah. we like couldn't get it there. Yeah. That's the I worst. had all the albums that I had. I had like Nelly's album and it was like clean. It was no, no good. That's the worst. I specifically, I, I asked for curse words. <laughs> Give I me the N word. <laughs> Wait. My parents don't care. They don't want to hear what I'm listening to at all. This <laughs> they, all of this makes me think of obviously the movie Empire Records, which talk about something that has been imprinted on my brain. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. That movie. Meatball, have you ever seen Empire Records? Yes, I have. There's a bald girl. Well <laughs> who had to wear a wig to be in the craft. Or is that a different movie? No, Wait. she Well, Robert Robin Tunney, is that her name? Robin something? I forget. Maybe. Someone will certainly contact you and let you know so, if I will. Yes, immediately. We'll let you know but if I got that craft, wrong. In the craft, she's in like a really bad wig because she was bald in bald that movie for... and they were filmed at the same time. Oh, so that's why she's sense. in that awful wig. Oh, that's funny. That makes sense. That yeah. totally makes sense. It tracks. That movie, <laughs> that, movie, that movie has an all-star cast. And I just remember being like, seeing that film and it making... Total sense that they were all teenagers, but also it also felt very, very adult. You yeah. know, it was like both yeah. of those things. And it's just like a, um, I I love those because it just happened in one day, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I I'm right now. I'm very into movies that just happen in one day. Yeah, 
like I don't I don't know if I don't want to take a journey with you. I just what's going on today? <laughs> like listen, the 24 hours I deal with is dramatic yeah. enough. I so don't if need you to... <laughs> I can't go a year in your life. Just give right. me a snippet. Just, just the one day. So I love those things where, you know, you're just like tracking cuz I mean, you know, sometimes a one shift at your job feels Honey. like forever. Oh yeah. Oh, especially yeah. if you worked retail and I was definitely a retail person. So oh, what what are all the retail jobs you've worked? Uh, I, basically every form of media that has now been discontinued. I sold. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you can clip on the iTunes store. So, you know, I worked at this indie record store and it wasn't just like it was cassettes, but also actual vinyl that we were no. buying from people and then uh cds and then you know we dabbled in laser discs ah, oh, for that brief yes. moment yeah for that brief moment and then um and i also worked um at a bookstore barnes and noble okay um and i worked in the music department of barnes and noble so that's like wow so no one's doing any of these things anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see the uh uh gap clothing no one's mm, shopping at mm-hmm, the gap mm-hmm. uh i did a couple of years there and you remember, i remember sorry mm. to interrupt but i one of our one of the other shows on our network is called very that and they were talking about sort of like just like throwback moments and like fashion and they were going on about the fragrances that the gap released that were yes. called like grass, grass and, and rain, rain. <laughs> yeah <laughs> sky yes yes and what yeah. That yes. was that was you know like I was I was at the age where I had to ask permission to buy things like I was uh-huh. still sort of like middle school and I didn't have a job yet right and so it, like you would really have to stand behind the thing that you wanted in order to make the case to your parents yeah, right for yep. them to shell out the fourteen dollars or whatever you're like okay so I'll wear it every day I promise listen my <laughs> body is changing like I need to sell a certain way like you really had to convince them yeah, to give you I that absolutely money. remember those. And they had small, and this was like, this was in the days of like CK1. Yes. So mm-hmm. everything was packaged in like brush metal. Yes. And everything mm-hmm. was yes. lowercase. Foggy <laughs> glass. Yeah. And everything was, was slightly citrusy. And yes. it, was, it was just variations on a theme. And, and everything was just like uh, for a man or a woman or whatever. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I like that. Uh, it was very, uh, but it was. Man, it was of the moment when I see anything that's just like a brushed metal canister. I'm like, all right, thanks. Ninety five. You know, totally. that's what it that's what it gave you. But yeah, I was working there during that time. Wow. And then um uh from like ninety eight till um uh, 2004, 2005, I worked at an adult video store. Ooh, okay. Ooh. <laughs> so, was there a back room? <laughs> no, no. The whole room, the whole store was a back room. Okay, let's talk about that. We're, this is where we take the exit and we get off and we pull out the picnic <laughs> basket because I want to chat. What, uh, 
Describe what you mean by back room for people who aren't familiar. It was basically the size of a of a smaller blockbuster video. Okay. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. one that was probably across the street from another blockbuster video. You know, they would do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The um, satellite. The satellite. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was a, 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 that size, but instead of like all types of movies, uh, they were all adult movies. They were all pornographic movies um and oh. then instead of like um popcorn or snacks we had like lube and cock rings and poppers and poppers yes up oh, up oh. video video cleaner yeah uh, yes, yes, yes. video head yes. cleaner is what we had yes. shout out to our <laughs> friend who has a booming video head cleaner company yeah double scorpio, Lic- double scorpio. liquid incense whatever you want to call it no, but was there an area where, like, was there, like, an arcade portion where people could watch? There wasn't an hour store at the time that okay. I was working there. Mm-hmm. There wasn't. Also, it was a 24-hour store. Um, uh, but there wasn't a, uh, so, yeah, you just had to rent it or buy it and take it along take your it way. Take it elsewhere. But this was also uh, around the time that um, every SUV had a monitor in the in the <laughs> seat. In the- in the seats. <laughs> so Which is what a weird time. moment because was now that? that doesn't exist because we all just hold our phones. <laughs> yeah, now we just watch on our phone. Yeah, now yeah, exactly. You just have it in your pocket. But it's wild to think of the things that you have in your pocket now. It's just it was <laughs> so uh yeah, so I worked there for quite some time. I watched the transition from VHS to DVD, and then I watched uh blu-ray and hd dvds come out at the same time and mm-hmm. to see which one would win and blu-ray won and, um, is blu-ray really a thing? i don't know if anyone I cares about well blu-ray. i don't even think dvds are a thing right as they once were but no. at the time they were very expensive and it was just supposed to be crystal clear but so that was also the case with hd dvds mm-hmm. but they were too it was kind of like when there was vhs or betamax and oh, yeah. yeah, you had to decide which format. And usually when you're trying out a new format, you're going to go porn first and then you're going to take it to the general public. Right. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Like Polaroid porn first general public. <laughs> you yeah, know what I there mean? Were, and it, there were porn videos on the Internet on before the internet there before, was YouTube. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Do you remember having to download like a 15 second quick time video porn video and it would correct you all goddamn day correct just to be like uh, 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 oh it's over and then you're like i guess i gotta watch that on loop yeah <laughs> i don't have time to download the other one. okay wait yeah. no, i right. wanted to ask when we were talking about music do you remember the first cassette or tape that was like yours that you bought oh man okay let's see because i made that transition i remember asking for a stereo with a built-in cassette player uh-huh. because then i could record directly off the radio oh yeah uh-huh. right? oh yeah very important and i remember showing my parents like this is how it works like we're talking right now but i'm also recording a uh, neutron dance by the pointer sisters yeah. <laughs> look at that <laughs> look at that and i had to be very particular about which song i picked too to show my parents sure. to show my mom because mm-hmm. she was just like if you're just recording more duran duran or depeche mode uh, i'm going to take it from you so i had, <laughs> no i'm recording the pointer sisters and yeah. uh, and that was not and then it was just like the cure from then on out but um uh yeah so i think i feel like i would ask for things 
uh, for Christmas. And I gave a very detailed list of what cassettes I wanted. And my parents were just like, what is this shit? And <laughs> I remember them. I remember asking for Katie Lang's um, Angel with a Lariat okay. on cassette is what okay. I wanted. And, um, and my parents went to look for it. And uh, <laughs> they found another Katie Lang one that was just a close-up of her face. And um, my dad was like, well, she said it's this one, but this is the only one I'm finding. But I don't even know if it's the case because she keeps saying it's a woman named Katie Lang. But this looks like a dude. So is this the (laughs) is this the right person? And my mother was like, child, remember, boy, George. Yeah, it's probably the right person. (laughs) How she was really in the boy, George. This is certainly who she's talking about. Uh, So, like, but they found the Angel with a Lariat cassette and they got it for me. And now it's like the first time I was just like, yeah, I got it. This is mine. This is mine. Meepaw, what about you? Did you ever have a cassette? Probably Uh, a CD. No, I started with CDs, I think. But I remember my dad had a huge CD collection downstairs. So I'd always steal the ones I wanted. And I was very into Weird Al Yankovic. Okay. Okay. And I was super into Michael Jackson's Bad. And then, oh, oh, you know what I'm like? The first album or this first CD that was ever actually mine that I purchased was Spice Girls. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And then that after sense. that, well, I was I was living in London at the time, so it was like really easy to get my hands on Spice Girls things. Oh, so sure. I had like the posters. Anytime <laughs> we went to like an arcade, I would spend everything on being like, I'm going to get that scary Spice doll. Because to me, <laughs> I will say it, she was the leader of the band. Fuck Ginger. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone, ha- everyone has their own lead. Yeah. I never really thought about who was the de facto leader. But I know my eye always went to scary. Yeah. yeah. And I also, wasn't, I also wasn't entirely sure why they were calling her scary, but I well, get it. Well, yeah. yeah. Looking yeah, back, it's a little. <laughs> I go like, yeah, oh, yikes. Little, yeah. Well, they couldn't call her Talented Spice. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. <laughs> my first CD was uh, the CD single mm. of I Wish I Was a Little Bit Taller by Ski Low. Oh, beautiful. Oh, uh, that explains a lot. <laughs> and I learned so much about what a single was because I got it. It was the CD and then I put it in the CD player and I was like, oh, there are five tracks on here because okay. they released it as a single. So it was like the single, the radio edit, the explicit, the extended, the remix, and the acapella. They put that on the CD. So it was Ooh. just his vocals rapping. And I bought that oh, at that's great. Target. Thank you very much. It was the new Target opened up in my town. We win, and I bought a Skilo CD. That's great. How wonderful. Well, (laughs) we're going to take a quick little break, and then we're going to start asking you about comedy Comedy. and jokes in your career after we come back. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with factor meals, I'm like, oh baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm -hmm. Like, it is so nice, the combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice, and I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm -hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a, a very much into ordering delivery. I and know. now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this so is yeah. like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code sloppy seconds 50 at factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. Okay, we are back. Meatball. <laughs> You thought I was frozen. I was giving you Frozen 2 vibes. Yeah, you were giving me Elsa, ignoring her sister. <laughs> Wait, before we talk about comedy... I don't want to talk about music anymore. Okay. What were you, you going to do? What were you going to say? What I were was going to ask about a musical. Oh, okay. Oh. Have you seen Wicked? <laughs> Honestly, I have not. Yes. <gasps> I have lived in New York for eight years. Yeah, I have not seen so many things i honestly i don't think i've seen a musical yet uh here in new york i've seen a couple of things on broadway and even then let's i, I can't even remember what they were i think only because there was someone in it and i was like oh i want to see what they look like mm. acting <laughs> isn't that wild yeah it's like someone famous person from tv and then you're like oh we're in the same room and you're working That's yeah cool. yeah it, it's a little odd but i haven't seen let me think wait have i seen a i have mm, Nope, no, just what? people tap dancing. I think, but not a musical. Oh, I love that. I, that <laughs> yeah. just reminded me, like the only reason I went and saw musicals was if it was if it had like a celebrity guest. So that worked on me. Like yeah. I only went to go see Nine to Five because Allison Janney was in it. Okay, and that makes guess sense. What? Not a strong singer. No, no. offense, Miss Janney. No offense. Well, I think before all of this happened, um, and I don't know if it had been staged yet, but I think they were doing barefoot in the park like oh. flavors and it was with yeah. uh 
with Matthew Broderick and Sarah Jessica Parker. And I was just like, okay, now see, I'd go see that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll go see that. I'll absolutely. I'll follow. I want to see that little gay man and that lesbian dance around. Yeah, I know. Oh my <laughs> God. Matthew Broderick stays on the Broadway stage. He's he like, really he, does. Yes, I've done some uh, movies, but guess where my heart is? The, board, yeah. the theatrical boards. Now, Who is your heart on the stage as a stand-up comedian? I really do enjoy performing live, and I probably, <laughs> I'm sure I should be writing more and moving in that direction, uh, uh, but I I just, I really enjoyed performing live. I haven't had a hard time with making the transition to, like, doing Zoom shows, mm-hmm. uh, because I also partially... Um, don't care if you like me or not. I mean, I do. I want you to like me, but like you know, I'm I'm going to do what I do, and yeah. I, I'm not necessarily. I'm too stuck in my ways to like shift in a major way, and hoping that someone will like me. I think I that make- really shows in the way that you do your stand up and all the videos. You just seem so confident and calm on stage. Yeah. Like you don't it, feel like you're trying to like entertain. You're just doing what you're doing. Yeah, I'm just kind of up there talking. It's it actually thinking about it, it's probably when I am uh, certainly most confident. It's uh, then and, you know, a new bra, new bra <laughs> comedy. That's great. That's great. <laughs> what made you want to 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 move towards comedy? Like, did you see a performance or or something that like the light bulb went off? Or when I was like fifteen, I um I saw a, an Ellen DeGeneres special that was like on PBS, and this was like in the mid to late eighties or something like oh, that. Okay, and I was like, I could do that. I, I'd like to give that a shot. Also, wow. she had on a T-shirt that had like a little cartoon drawing on it called Fido Dido. Yeah. And I had the same T-shirt and I was like, oh, I don't even have to dress up for this. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. Uh, but I didn't start doing comedy until I was 30. Ooh, wow. 37, 38, something like that. 37, maybe, um, was when I first attempted stand-up comedy. Wait, so were you like, like, obviously, as an adult living your life, I'm sure you found yourself like at a comedy show or seeing comedians on TV or whatever, always in the back of your mind where you like, I could do it better than that. Not necessarily I could do it better, but definitely like I, I would love to give this a shot. But just I was just like, but what am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? And uh, and why why would anyone even want to hear what I have to say? I don't even wow. know what I have to say yet. That's so incredible. Yeah. So I I'm kind of at times I'm like, oh, I wish I'd started a little younger. Maybe I could take advantage of some of these things. But ultimately, I'm like, no, it's good that you started when you did because you've lived a life. And right. um, and you can you're more comfortable because you're just like, well, now I'm just trying to figure out what to do with my days. And nights, and I guess I'll just do uh, comedy at, at night and go to work during the day. You know, like now it, you know what I mean? Like it's more of that instead of like, how do I deal with the changing world? And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, the world's going to change, but also bills. You know, like yeah. I, it's, it's, it, um, it, I just was easier to, it was easier for me to get to some conclusions or think things through in a, in a different way than a young person. Um, who's just up there trying to make you laugh and possibly might not be thinking. You right. know? <laughs> so you, what were like, you doing yeah, before 
before the stand or like what was your day job what led you into it i um at the time that i started doing stand-up i was working for a company where we did a lot of like music research basically okay Mm. and so it was kind of the perfect job for me and uh for the first time in my life i was paid it well enough that i didn't need a second job oh because i was always like a two job having bitch and so i just would sit uh around at night and on the weekends like what do people do now is this why they're all (laughs) like is this why they're all going shopping and i'm having to ring them up like because they have (laughs) free time and i know i truly didn't know what to do with myself is this why they can spend a month debating on paint color samples (laughs) and what hooks to hang in their kitchen yeah they just got this time and so i um I started uh, going to see right around that time uh, at a comedy club in Atlanta. The Laughing Skull opened up and it was the first one that was like in the city proper. All the other ones, some of the most of the other ones were on the outskirts of the city. Like Um, Zanies. Yes. Like (laughs) Zanies. You know, things like that. (laughs) Just your basic wackadoos and whatnot. And um, Boinksville. Sorry. Yeah. But this was one that you could get to on the train. And uh, and that was important to me because, you know, uh, me having a car was not an all the time thing mm-hmm, or I'd right. always have a car. That car running was not an all the time. thing. <laughs> and um, so I was I'd start to just kind of watch comedy and kind of get an idea as to what was necessary. And then at some point I was like, I'm just going to write what I, I think I need to write to fill up five minutes worth of uh, jokes and mm-hmm. I will go to this open mic. And uh, I went to this open mic at a dive bar and uh, went up and um, about halfway through the set, which went really well, uh, about halfway through the set, I kind of like floated above myself and thought, OK, well, now you have to do this for the rest of your life. Oh, and, wow. and in typical Shalewa fashion, it was just like, oh, great. Now I got to rearrange everything to figure out how to do this with the rest of my life. You know, I wasn't even thrilled that I found a, a purpose because I had been floating aimlessly for years. I was just like, great. You know, annoyed. Oh my God. More work to do. That's so um, funny. Yeah. But that, yeah. So that's kind of how I, uh, I got into it and just really hit the ground. Just like, yep, this is, uh, I, I really enjoy this. And I told my family, I was like, you know, I, I started doing stand-up comedy. And they were like, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, then- of course. Of course you did. <laughs> oh, oh, oh not yeah. surprise. Yeah. Not, that was not- like, when I started doing drag and I told my, like, I moved to LA and I started doing drag on the side and like kind of secret. And then I told all of my friends in New York and they were like, yep. Seems right. It fits. <laughs> right. They're like, oh, that yeah, that's the one thing that you do do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I So just, your family was pretty supportive of it? Yeah, yeah. It was just um, I mean, yeah, yeah. My parents and my sister, they were just like, Yeah, sure, that absolutely makes sense. Um and I so I, I would just go and then I'm like, Oh, I'm traveling to this place to do it, and they're like, Oh, good, good for you, you know, wonderful. And um I don't know. I think my sister saw me. She, the first time she came out to see me, the guy who closed the show is a fantastic comic named Clayton English. And she was just like, gosh, he was great. And I was like, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. OK. I was like, what do you think of me? And she was like, well, I mean, I've, I've heard you tell jokes before. Ah! I was like, oh, that's how this goes. OK. 
<laughs> she's like, yeah, when we yeah. when we have family dinner and you tell right, a story, yeah. I, I've always, seen it. Yeah, I, I know, I know how you are, and that's well, fair. <laughs> Because, you know, we're both in our late 30s. Yeah, you got enough out of me. I get it. I totally get it. Well, this brings up, like, something that I always find fascinating. And, th- I mean, this ties into a lot of things we've already talked about. The idea of, like, being charismatic, being entertaining, being able to volley conversation is one thing. But then crafting a joke, writing a joke, knowing what's funny, and then how to lead an audience down the path, and then the punchline, and then the tag, and then a button, and then a call back later. Like, that's a (laughs) skill that people develop over time. A lot of people, they have it naturally. Uh, Obviously, you do. You know, you let that thing cook for a while, and then you unleash (laughs) the beast, and everyone was like, Um, But but that to me is so fascinating. And some people study it. Some people take classes on it. Mm-hmm. What was your, like, like, how did you like figure out like, Oh, this is how I can write that to be even funnier than just the thought of it. It, uh, it's, it's tough. It, it, it does just kind of come with time and watching, um, watching other comedians and their styles mm. and how they are, how they're able to do it. And then picking out, because the one thing about starting is you're going to a lot of open mics, so you're seeing a lot of people who are your peers on some level, and you're seeing how they are working through it, and you're attempting to do the same. And it's just, it's a lot of, like, trying to figure out what, there's this thing in your brain that's hilarious to you, right. and you're trying <laughs> yeah. to figure out the best way to tell others what is hilarious in your brain, while also realizing, well, wait, our our brains are completely different. So how do I, how can I tell you what the, what the thing is? And then trying to find a universal way of saying it so that everyone will get it. And sometimes that's a very basic way. And sometimes it has to be a very specific thing that even if you didn't experience it, you know, you've seen enough movies or you've known someone or that song may not be the song that triggers that for you, but you understand what the trigger is like that kind of that kind of joke math. It's very fascinating to me. And also uh, my style kind of tends to be a little more story ish instead of like set set mm-hmm. up punchline, set up punchline. Right. So um, that I, I just kind of let that carry me a bit. Um, and it, it's really just kind of trying to be the funniest person in the break room. Right. Um, you know, with everybody now, we all work together. So now yeah. I'm telling you this story before we have to go back to our desks or whatever. And how how is the best way to do that? And so that's kind of how I'm going about it. Just like how what what is the thing that's happening, perhaps in pop culture that I can use to explain why I, I found this funny uh, thing about medicine? Uh, you know, right. and yeah. how, how do I explain that so that you're not going, oh, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, yeah, I always yeah, just end up explaining. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I read this article and then I just say the whole article and I'm like, now you're thinking what I'm thinking. Bye. <laughs> Which is not, you know, like the way yeah. that works. Yeah. I just, well, I, I make some leaps. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have two comedy albums. That are out mm-hmm. currently. You have State and Cookies from 2016. And so Which you just tell me here. that's an autobiography. State Mama. and Cookies. So good. Um, <laughs> Thank you. How long did it take you to prepare for those? Or like how many times did you have to open mic night or like re- rehearse a joke or practice to get those up? Those were um, uh, 
here's the wild thing. Neither of those were things that I would have done myself in that <laughs> I would have never thought, yeah, it's time for me to get this on wax. Never would have thought that. Um, but uh, where I started comedy at that dive bar, the guy who ran that open mic decided he wanted to put out um, some albums uh, by some people in Atlanta who he really liked. Because I came up with uh, a lot of really funny people. Uh, like I started uh, the same year as Dulce Sloan. Mm-hmm. Like we are comedy mm. sisters. And um, it's so so like he was just like, yeah, we're going to do an album. And at that point, I'd been living in New York for uh, a couple of years. And I was like, so I'm going to come back to Atlanta and record in a dive bar. Got it. And I was like, what if I even, because by then my comedy had changed in Atlanta. You had a little more time to kind of, you you could move a little bit slower. I'd say that's the one thing that if you watch a lot of uh, Atlanta comedians, Atlanta ones who start in Atlanta, their style is a little bit slower mm-hmm. um, okay. uh, to just kind of build it a bit. Um so I, but once I got to New York, I was like, oh, we don't have time. We're all trying to run for a train. And, <laughs> so, you know, mics were shorter. It was like going to the gym. You just had to. So everything was punchier. Um, but then I was like, so I'm, I'm just going to have to figure out how do I lean into these New York jokes that I've done now, especially since I, I have the time to really mm-hmm. talk and think of things through. And um, so that one was. And that joke, I mean, that album has some jokes from when I first started out, uh, like a couple of them and some that were just like very, very new. And uh, it was just a matter of what's the story that I'm trying to tell. That's another thing that I do um, because I used to write a lot, a lot of essays, a lot of diary entries, a lot of a lot of stuff on my live journal. And Uh, so... That's, so that's I was, you gotta make sure experience. to go delete those because oh, those yeah, are no, no, still no. up. Yeah, those are. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're gone. No one wants okay. that. <laughs> Just my opinion of the OC. I'll give that to you now. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but I um. So I always figured, what's the what's the basic story and like how am I beginning? What am I end? What am I ending with? And how do I get there so that you feel like you've listened to someone? tell you a story for the whole 30 45 minutes right um so that's how i put both of those together and um so the first one was just like okay we'll beat everything that i've got that i think will work into shape mm-hmm. uh and the second album uh was also just like a friend who hasn't a label who had put out some other comedians was like all right we're gonna let's put you out next and i went great 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 wait what am i talking about now <laughs> and uh and by then I had like some some things that I wanted to touch on for sure and get down that I I didn't want to get too deep in yet because I, I'm still working through. Basically, in between the two albums, uh, I lost both of my parents. And mm. so, um, in fact, uh, the first album I recorded two days after my mother's memorial service. And wow. it was the only time that my father saw me live. It was the first and last time he saw me live. So no stress. Go on. Wow. Record an album. Oh my God. Record an album. And so he's learning a lot about me on that first album. <laughs> 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 There's a lot of stuff. He was just like, wow. Oh, okay. Oh, great. So my, my baby's a woman, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. right. And um, and so I, you know, just in my initial how I was dealing with that loss and uh 
just how things had changed kind of drastically for me. I was touching on that in the second one. So I had more, uh, more concrete themes Mm -hmm. that I wanted to hit in the second one. And uh, I was just like, all right, so we'll just kind of work on these themes and kind of hammer them out. And also by that point, um, I had already been kind of saying those things and was already trying to figure out how to breathe new life into them. So when my friend was like, let's record them, I said, you know what? Yes, let's. So I can leave that alone. And then if something there, something from there and later, you know, in a while triggers something else, I can work it on it in a different way because I don't think anything is ever done. Mm -hmm. Like, I know a lot of people are like, well, you've burned it now. You can't say any of that stuff again. Right. And I don't necessarily feel like that. I think it's because I'm more of because I'm more of a music minded person, I'm just like, no, nah, you're just going to get the hits. Yeah, you're going to get a remix. remix it. Yeah, <laughs> right. There's there's one joke that's on there that I that's on both albums that I extended a little bit that I'd already started to extend by the time of the first record. But I was just I just did it the way it was and then did it again. And honestly, I don't know how many more albums I've got in me, but I'm going to put that joke on every album. <laughs> I decided as I like will a, do it till the day. Yeah, I just die. to make me laugh. Right. I will do that. The ultimate runner. I was, <laughs> right. I was just at a comedy show and I was talking to the comedians about these COVID specials. People are doing their specials, mm-hmm. but there's like the restriction of there's no audience. Would you do that? Because I feel like I don't want a time capsule of this era. I don't want to remember this when it's over. I well, honestly, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't necessarily thought of um, enough. I don't have enough material right uh, okay. now. I certainly haven't. Like I have been staying in the house. <laughs> like I've been, us too. You listen, know, I'm, the I'm comedy like, same, listen, the same, same, special. Same, same, same. The special that Meatball went to was on a rooftop with distance table, yeah, like yeah, like no. mask. Like I we was are, literally sitting in the far back. We being get, like, don't come near me. We get yeah. comments on this podcast to be like, stop talking about how much you're staying in the house. We're on vacation in Florida, so we're with you. Yeah. We're very yeah. much so team I, I mean, in like, the house. And I've done out. I mean, I've done uh, quite a few rooftop shows um, here in New York, right. and uh, a couple at a park, you know, and. So I'm I'm not opposed to doing those. I'm certainly looking forward to scaling the side of a building to tell my little knock knock jokes. But I mean, you know, I um, I I feel like I haven't properly processed all of this because mm-hmm. this was a lot. Every once in a while, I just look up and I'm like, "Yo, this was a lot." Like I haven't really processed. Oh no, everything from like last summer uh with um black folks being all the rage i mm-hmm. you know what i mean and everybody celebrating juneteenth for the first time i'm like mm-hmm. yo that's a lot that's you're a like lot i to got process. an email from nike talking about happy juneteenth yeah i was like this is a, a lot but i haven't fully processed because i'm also like wait was that covid wait is that covid in the corner you know what i mean like i think i see <laughs> uh, so once i'm unable to like once I stop seeing the boogeyman everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm hoping that uh, the I start processing and really like figuring things out. But I am fine to wait. No one is clamoring. No one's clamoring. No one's clamoring for those folk. No one's ne- clamoring Netflix for is, me. Netflix is trying to get people out there telling <laughs> jokes real bad right now. Yeah, I mean, like I, you know, I, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't know. And I say that with, I even taped something. 
that I'm sure will show up eventually. That's just like a short, you know, just a short set of whatever Mm -hmm. was on my brain right now. And I know that will come out and then people will be like, well, you can't say that stuff. And I'm like, no, that's what you think. I can do whatever I want. We're alive. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) What are these stupid rules? I feel like, I feel like we need an Animaniacs style song. They, they they do that song where they list every country. We need that, but with all of the traumatic things that have happened over the last 14 months. Yes. And we would, it would be the extended remix version. There has been so much that I think none of us have actually fully processed. Mm -hmm. I said something to someone who lives out in LA recently I was just like well I mean you know y'all were on fire last year and they were like were we I was like yeah y'all remember <laughs> and he was like well damn, we sure were we were burning we I was were like, burning. Yeah. they were telling us to not open our windows they were like go out and buy like, an air purifier you don't remember the orange skies and shit and they were like oh right right I mm-hmm. mean like how do you that's such a huge thing when you can't open the window, even though they're like, well, you need to open the window for COVID, but you can't because of the fire. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, and you're also getting the um, the ash from the bodies we're burning because right, so many people exactly, have died in so the many, hospital. Yeah, and to forget Woo. that because there's to forget so much. To forget all of that because there's so much else going on. Well, Yo. and there's been no respite. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, the hits just keep coming and therefore <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we don't ever get a moment uh, a moment to breathe. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's take a quick break and we'll be back for our last segment. And before we get freaky deaky, as we like to do in our third segment, well, I do want to plug, you have a new podcast called The War Report, uh, which is like a news, it's like a news deep dive. Is that the vibe here? Yeah, kind of. It's, uh, I do it with um, uh, this phenomenal young man named uh, Gastor Almonte, Mm -hmm. who is from... uh, East New York, Brooklyn. He will tell you that immediately. So I don't feel bad <laughs> saying that. But when also, I lived in Brooklyn, they called it Beast New York. They still call yeah. it Beast New York. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and I and also I think it's funny that he feels like he needs to say it because he literally ends every sentence with B. So I'm like, we know. We know. We know. <laughs> we know. But so we we pick out uh news stories. Um you know, some that are the hot news and some random things he finds in the sports section. And I uh, and then we just kind of talk about it. And uh, it's a lot of fun. His whole take is he's just he's just this Brooklyn guy, married, two kids, just doing what he's got to do out there, you know, getting sandwiches at hip bodega, all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like a middle-aged woman hiding under the couch <laughs> who's just like, y'all kids get off of this little patch that I call my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listened to a bunch of episodes and you have a great report. It's so fun to hear. Yeah. And you Sometimes, have like an encyclopedic knowledge of so much yes, stuff. It's like yes, incredible it's, what you know. It's ridiculous. I can't. Well, I decided uh, if I'm going to drop out of college, I better stuff my head with something (laughs) (laughs) and there you have it yeah um well that's amazing congratulations war report thank Uh, you check that out folks meatball has pulled 
some voicemails. This is the portion of the show where we get freaky deaky, Miss Ma'am, Miss Mama, Miss Ma'am. Oh, good. But um, we didn't know if you were comfortable talking about your past sexual experiences. So we got phone calls from our own special or from our listeners. Oh, and okay. they're pretty funny. All right. So we'll listen to one. And if it, you know, inspires you to tell a messy story from your past, you're more than okay. welcome to do so. All right. This, this, <laughs> here is the first one. Hi, this is a sloppy little fuck calling for uh, Dipper and Meatball. Um, it's not really a story. It's more of a question. My partner and I uh, do butt stuff. They're super into, like, dragon dildos and stuff. And lately when I masturbate, I find myself thinking about eating them, eating their butt, uh, eating, <laughs> eating ass, eating their ass. I don't know what the... <laughs> Um, and I really want to try it, but I don't know how to ask them about it. Uh, and I'd love some tips for eating ass. Also, like, the hairs in your mouth and, uh, what to do about that, if that's a thing. Um, I'm sure that's a thing. So, yeah, I'd love your advice on how to navigate asking your partner to eat their ass and then also actually eating the ass. Uh, any help would be great. Thank you so much. Goodbye. I love that. That's such a good call. Hey. Okay. All right. So I think we should Here's- first stop off at Dragon Dildo. Okay. Yes. Right? right. Now I'm wondering if this is the type of Dragon Dildo where you have to make the jelly egg and then you put it in and then you're like impregnating the person. Oh, yes. So now they have these dildos that have a tunnel in it and you can... <laughs> <laughs> and it comes with a mold, and you make an egg out of like jello. Like you just use extra jello, so it hardens. Uh-huh. And it's an egg shape, and, and then some you of put them are silicone in. eggs. Also, okay, oh. all right. Well, I know the jello are ones are safer because if it gets inside of you, and you can't get it out. It just dissolves. Right. It's sure. like a sugar. So um, a I don't sugar. know if that's what they're doing. But here's what I have to say: if you're already <laughs> sticking a dragon dildo up your partner's booty hole, I don't. I don't think the next step of asking, "Can I also lick over there?" is that hard of a question. Yeah, I thought that's how you start. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> like, I thought the I thought the steps were. Um, and again, I. Uh, I, I'm heterosexual, so I only know how this works with straight dudes who are just trying something out. Um, that seems to be <laughs> where where I fall. I'm like I'm I am I'm like a prudish freak in that like I will definitely swing from the chandelier. But what's your copay? Do you know what I mean? Like let's <laughs> let's make sure we got everything squared away before we go. So uh, so I'm that kind of you feel safe with me. Um, so you know we start with a finger. And then we we work up knuckle wise, and then I feel like we're kind of like oh, I don't know we've we've done all the fingers we've done a little this what, what about a tongue yeah Let, let's see what a tongue does but I agree I feel like it's like aren't you starting there it's yeah. like don't you have to like it's tongue then fingy then hand then right. dragon yeah yeah but, I don't know but unless she is receiving the dragon's egg. But she oh, would like to. Right. Okay. Oh, I didn't even think about it that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I, you know what? <laughs> it seems like y'all are doing a lot together anyway. So I don't understand. Just ask. Just be like, or in the in the heat of the moment when you're both like willing to do anything, just say, get down there and lick it. 
Yeah, I'd I'd say incorporate it into uh, the the cunnilingus. You know what yeah. I mean? And like if you're sitting on the face, just scooch. Yeah. <laughs> it's a slight pelvic rotation a, yeah, forward. Just a little scooch. Just a little scooch. <laughs> if their eyes are closed, maybe they won't even tell. Um, I would also, I, I also want to throw some words to our listener because it seemed, you know, butt stuff and how do I eat the butt? You know, there was a little bit of a, so it's like, listen, uh, conolingus, you know, for the front, analingus for the back, mm-hmm. uh, be ready to use the word rim job. And then people Ooh. are like, what is a rim job? And you're like, oh, tongue fucking your asshole. Just sort of maybe say these things to yourself in the shower. Yeah. Uh, look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm going to eat that ass or something like that as an affirmation. Because I think that'll, you have to, when you when you say it to your partner, you have to be confident. Because listen, if you're playing with the dragon dildo, you know they're going to like a little tongue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh, it's, oh, also, but, they yeah. have, there's a sex toy that is like a rotating tongue. So maybe oh, yes. get that and be like, oh, do you like good. that? What if I did that with my own mouth? Yeah. You like this yeah, fake yeah, tongue? Yeah. Get into what God gave me. Also, right, the right, question right. about what to do with the hair, if they scrub in the shower beforehand, use a loofah exfoliate down there. It should get most of it off. You're going to get some hair in your mouth. Yeah, you're going to. It's, it's you know, it's collateral damage. It's yeah, really, correct. <laughs> it's and a day at work. Something that I, it is a damage. <laughs> Something that I started doing early on that made me feel more comfortable when I was, you know, getting more and more into ass play with partners is I would turn the preparation time into like a a sensual shower. And then I'd be like, ooh, let me wash you. And then when it got to the ass, it's like, let me wash you. (laughs) You know, like put on, throw a little elbow grease in there because then I knew where I was going would be uh, Mm -hmm. prepared properly. Yeah. And fear of cleanliness, just eat the ass in the shower. Like, wash it and then eat it right there, and then you don't have to worry about anything. That's true. Rinse it clean. Once the water's clean and clear, then you're good. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, you're good. But definitely. Also, I understand why she wasn't sure between butt or ass. Always say ass. Don't say butt. A butt is cute. Right. Mm -hmm. Butt makes it sound like you're slicing into a cake. We're not eating butt. (laughs) (laughs) We're grown. We're eating ass. (laughs) (laughs) What did people say in middle school? Butt munch? Was yeah, it yeah, like butt a yeah, munch. Butt munch. Yeah, we're not doing that. And that's what you want. Like, say it Say it with your chest. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Definitely say it with your chest. Definitely mean it. Um, yes. But, but yeah, I think we've given you a lot of options. Yeah, completely. Yeah. This is, this is like a, this is like a full on, uh, what was that show called? Love Line. <laughs> With the with the un uh, un uh, what's the word when uh, when you're not qualified? <laughs> oh yeah, Drew. I always felt like the advice on that show was that show Loveline was Doctor Drew and Adam Carolla. Yeah, and I didn't believe either of them had sex. Oh no, <laughs> I didn't believe I didn't believe it for a second. I was who like, was nope. the old Jewish lady who? Oh, oh Doctor Ruth. Dr. She was getting it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was getting it in. She's still around <laughs> telling folks to fuck. Bless her oh, heart. She? Oh, God bless. Yeah. I was afraid she had passed. <laughs> well, listen, um, we want to thank you so much for being with us on the show today. We had a blast talking to you, Shalewa. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun, and I truly appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> so people can follow you on Instagram and Twitter at Silky Jumbo, which is... Yes. 
A all, very smooth and cool name. <laughs> yes, all one word, traditional spelling, uh, nothing extra in there. Um, but yeah, I'm on all of the important social media, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Venmo, all of it. <laughs> all of it at Check out the Venmo. You need those repelling supplies in order to scale the building for your next <laughs> right. stand-up for your show. little knock-knock jokes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and make sure to check out the War Report anywhere you get podcasts and go find Shalewa's albums. And literally, if you just Google her name into YouTube, you can find so many amazing videos. videos. Yes. Also, apologies to other Shalewa's out there. I'm sorry. I know we're all out here <laughs> struggling trying to get the, the name up, but <laughs> I just the got SE, here early. You fucked up the SEO. That's yeah, I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, uh, we love talking to you, so thank you again for being here. Thank you so much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at Sloppy Pod. You can send us an email to sloppysecondspod at gmail.com or call in with a fuck talk story to 213-536-9180. You can follow me at Big Dipper Jelly and Spiciest Meatballs Meatballs Instagram or Fat Drag Meatball on Twitter, which just rolls mm-hmm. off the tongue when you created that Twitter name. Fat drag meatball don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode which come out every tuesday and friday and remember for our live dating show which is happening in april if you want to win a date with me you can send an email to sloppy seconds pod at gmail.com and then you will be forced to fill out a form and send us three pictures of yourself nudity <laughs> not required but if you want to win girl the, the children are sending the dick pics Ooh, the Google i gotta form. go i gotta go Gotta Mark Zuckerberger is seeing these dick pics on the Google <laughs> form. Now don't tell him that. <laughs> okay, bye. Right. Bye. Doodle doo doo forever dog. To listen to Sloppy Seconds ad free and one day early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Music, editing, and sound design by William Pitt. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Joe Cilio, Brett Boehm, and Alex Ramsey. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey. <laughs>